By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, now, because of what's been put into him from his parents, when he comes to years, he's old enough to make decisions for himself, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. He understood that there are consequences to choices that you make. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Now his parents' boldness is passed down to him. Not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. It's going to take endurance, ladies and gentlemen. This is not something that we just quick and easy make a decision on and it's going to cost us something he endured here's why as seeing him who is invisible you got to be able to see what the rest of the world can't see through faith he kept the passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them by faith they passed through the red sea as by dry ground with the, which the egyptians are saying to do were drowned by faith the walls of jericho fell down after they were compassed about 7 days all of those great miracles that took place was because he refused the identity of this world i want to speak this morning on this subject the power of refusal and my subtitle is and for that reason I'm out you may be seated when we consider the challenges to be an all-in as we spoke about just a few minutes ago it is clear that all of us in our humanity face the biggest obstacle to being totally committed is simply our inability to say no. But today I want to present to you this particular biblical principle that you have to say no to the wrong thing so that you can say yes to the right thing. If you don't ever refuse, you will not ever receive what God is wanting to give. There's a program on television that is called the Shark Tank. And I know you don't have televisions and you don't watch any of this stuff, so let me explain it to you. It, it is a program where very wealthy people invest their own money into new ideas or products that young entrepreneurs are trying to develop and produce and sell and, you know, get uh, uh, patents on and so forth. And if the investor wants to be a part, he or she will negotiate with the person or they will try to outmaneuver their, their other investors. That's where they get the name Shark. And if they're not interested in it, they just say, I'm out. Here's a clip of how it goes. I'm out. I'm out. And for that reason alone, I'm out. I'm out. I've got to say... I think this is a liability nightmare. You don't have any claims that you can back up, so I'm out. Look at it and say a million dollar valuation for a little piece of metal with two magnets on it. That's sheer insanity. I'm out. I think it's an insult that you wouldn't offer us part of the bigger picture. I'm out. 
You're serving too many masters. If I give you $250,000, you have to eat, sleep, and breathe this one deal. I don't see you doing that. I think you're an inventor extraordinaire in your own mind, so I'm out. All right, Carmen, I'm not going to invest in your schmickles. I'm out. Great presentation, um, but if Lowe's and those guys couldn't really sell, I don't want to get into a space where the professionals weren't able to do it, so I'm out. I don't want to be in the sushi business, so I'm out. You're going to have a great business, but I'm sure not going to invest in you today with that giant question mark over the numbers. I'm sad to say I'm out. But today, no. I'm out. And I can't get over the fact that if I have to lay out a half a million dollars of my hard-earned money and only get 10%, and then I have to go to work, the number just doesn't work for me. I'm out. I found in the many years of experience I have, the minute someone running any business, large or small, starts talking about getting a CEO, it's code for I'm tired of my business and what should really be happening is I should be going into a different business. So I'm out. This muffins were good. I'm out. It's not a place where I want to say I made a great investment today in barf bags. It doesn't look good in my portfolio. I'm out. You've gotten all the accolades of people who like your site. You've got to learn the language of business. Otherwise, you've got no shot. And you've got an opportunity here. Don't blow it. But I'm out. So if they spot a problem, they just say, I'm out. They see something that doesn't add up, the numbers, or they don't want something like barf bags in their portfolio. They just, they just say, I'm out. It doesn't look good in my portfolio to say I invested in barf bags. So they just say, I'm out. When you and I see a problem with what the devil is trying to sell us, we ought to be able to just hold up our hand and say, I'm out. I'm not buying it. I'm not investing into that. You're trying to get me to give up my health for your addictions. I'm out. You're trying to get me to give up my marriage for a fling. I'm out. You're trying to give me to give up my church to belong to some one-size-fits-all social club mega church that doesn't believe anything. I'm out. Whatever happened to apostolic Pentecostal having a backbone and saying, I'm not going to buy everything that the devil is trying to sell. I'm out. I'm a child of God. And for that reason, I'm out. I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. And for that reason, I'm out. I'm going to go to heaven one day and walk on streets of gold. I'm out. Somebody needs to get tough with the enemy, the enemy of your soul, and just put it straight. I'm tired of your games. I'm tired of the pain. I'm tired of the hurt. I'm tired of you wrecking my kids with drugs. I'm tired of you trying to destroy my marriage with uh, immorality and pornography. I'm tired of it. I'm out. If you got to turn off the computer, I'm out. If you got to turn off the television, I'm out. If you got to turn off the radio and take the earbuds out of your head, your ears, you want to say, I'm out. I'm not going to spend my life living out of the garbage can of anger. I'm out. I know the enemy wants me to get a bad spirit about this particular situation, whatever it may be. But I'm not going to do it. 
I'm going to worship God today. The devil thought you'd be in a bad mood. He gave you so much junk this week. He thought if they do get to church, they'll sit there like a big old blowed up toad frog. But instead you said, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not going to play your games, devil. I'm not going to be on your treadmill of, treadmill of misery and going through all of the, all the things the enemy wants you to do to create anger and turmoil and have a bad attitude. I'm not going to live that way any longer. I'm sick and tired. I'm being sick and tired. I'm out. I refuse to do it any longer. I am an overcomer. I am a believer. I am the apple of God's eye. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in you. And it's not hard to refuse the mess, the junk. Somebody can see that it's going to be a disaster. They all say, I'm out, I'm out. That doesn't even take any common sense. But it's the ones that appear to be maybe something. And you've got to be able to look through all of that. It's harder to refuse the things that don't look all that bad. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we lack being fully committed to God because we just have too much stuff in our life. And it may not be sin, it's just stuff. Stuff. And the reason that we can't be all in is because we're not all out. We want to add God to our already abundant, overflowing, overworked lives. God says, I want to know, are you willing to say no to the world so that you can say yes to the promises of God? You, gotta, you just got to say, you got to learn the power of refusal to say no to some stuff in your life. That is clouding your mind. And the book of Hebrews says it this way. Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now let me just stop and say this for just a moment. There were a lot worse things to be called. Hello. He refused to be identified as Pharaoh's grandson. An entire nation of people would love to be called the grandson of Pharaoh. I mean, that's royalty, that's prestige, that's status, that's wealth. But Moses says, it's not my identity. I am not the son of Pharaoh's daughter. When everybody else would give their left hand to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses said, I'm out. What's your reason for that, Moses? Verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. This doesn't seem like a good decision on the surface. I'm choosing to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now always remember this. What the enemy is trying to sell you is simply for a season. It will not last until the water gets hot. Something is going to fall apart if you build your life on the wrong foundation. Taking the bait of instant gratification. You ought to back up from that and say, wait a second, that's going to end in a disaster. I'm out. 
I'm out. I'm not going to that party. I'm not hanging with those people. I don't like the way I feel. The things I start, I develop attitudes. I started to, I'm not going to do it. I'm out. Not going to watch that. Not going to go there. Not going to hang out. Not going to, not going to wear this. Oh, but I like to wear it because everybody looks at me when I got half my body hanging out. You ought to say, I'm out. God didn't make me to be. Oh, you don't want me to get on to this. If you'll say no to the world, you'll find that there's a God that will honor you with favor and blessing. If you'll just learn the power of refusal. She caught that all about seeing he esteemed the reproach of Christ as greater riches. Saw something more valuable than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. The reason that these sharks say that they're out is so that they can be in on something better. I'm out. Why are you out? Because I want to be in on something that I know is a greater value. Here's what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. In other words, he said yes to everything. David's son raised literally at the feet of King David. But he would not say no to his appetites. My heart took delight in all, these are his own words, in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled, that means to work, to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. The problem with this path in life, ladies and gentlemen, is that he refused himself nothing. He refused himself nothing. I want to build this temple. So, okay, I want to do this now. Okay, I want to do God. God doesn't want to share you with nobody else. You, you even heard Mark Cuban say, you've got too many masters. My God, if they understand that in business circles, how much more should we understand that in spiritual circles? Here's what the problem is. You've got too many masters. You're trying to serve God and mammon. You're trying to serve the philosophy of the world and the Bible. You can't do it, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord told Israel, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and don't have any other gods before me. Solomon says, I denied myself nothing. And so I want to repeat this. If you don't ever refuse, you don't ever receive. All the good things that happened in the life of Moses was the result of what he refused. What he refused. Hebrews eleven twenty nine. 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry ground, which the Egyptians essayed to do if they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. All of these great things that happened, all of these miracles that Moses was a part of, all of this miraculous, you know why? Because he refused. He said, I'm out. So my question to you, my friend, is this. What is God wanting to do in your life? There are a lot of miracles and blessings in your path, but none of them can happen until you say no to your flesh. Oh, I wish that you could see how God identifies you. Moses said, I'm not taking the identity of Egypt. I'm not going to take on the identity of being Pharaoh's grandson. 
Not going to do it. That's not my identity. I'm a Hebrew. You think that God identifies you based on your past? All your mistakes? That's how you identify you. That's not how God identifies you. God sees all the victories. God sees all the things that are in your destiny. That's out ahead of you. And that's how he identifies you. There are some walls that God wants to bring down in your life, but you need to say no. You need to refuse the temptation of handling it yourself. Oh, that's the biggest temptation, isn't it? We even hear our young people say, I got this. I can handle it. That's the temptation. I can take care of it by myself. You've got to refuse the temptation of this just being another problem with no solution. Well, I'm going to have to just learn to live with it. This is another obstacle. This is another problem. And there's no solution. And I hear God telling us this morning, cast all of your cares upon me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I hear God telling us, if you'll just turn it over to me, you don't have to have the identity of being an alcoholic or a drug addict or a pornographer. He's got a new identity for you. All he needs is somebody that will say, I'm out. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I refuse the identity of this world. I refuse to be called a victim. I refuse. I refuse the identity of an Egyptian. I refuse the identity of a wilderness wanderer. I'm a promised land taker. The reason those Jews had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years is they never got that identity out of their head. We're just slaves from Egypt. We're just slaves from Egypt. We're just slaves from Egypt. No, you're not. You're going to take the promised land. You're an overcomer. And they sent 12 spies into the land. 10 of them came back and said, we were as grasshoppers in their sight. There's giants in the land. You weren't as grasshoppers in their sight. You are as grasshoppers in your own sight. Did you interview anybody that was over there? No, because you were a spy. You were hiding behind things. That's your own mentality. You think that you can't make it. But God is telling you today, you can make it. You're an overcomer. You're the apple of God's eye. You're a chosen generation. He just needs somebody that'll say no to this world. Good God Almighty, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to preach if i got to do it all by myself this morning. Somebody's got to stand up today and say, I am a trumpet blowing, top of my voice yelling, wall falling, stone stepping, overcomer, and this is my victory, and I'm going to get it today. I'm not an Egyptian. I am a child of God. I'm out, devil. You're not going to destroy me. Not one more day. You're not going to torment my family. Not one more day. I'm out. I'm out. I can hear Moses saying, I can walk on dry ground in the midst of a sea. 
I can hear Joshua say, I can shout with the voice of triumph because I have overcome. Because Joshua drew a line in the sand and said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm out. You guys want to live your whole life sucking your thumb, playing your little pity party? You can live that way, but I'm out. Good God Almighty, what would happen if five or seven or nine hundred apostolics in Palm Bay would get some backbone and say to the devil, I'm out. I'm not going to live my life going from one shortcoming to another. I'm made up in my mind. I can live above sin. I am God's child. I refuse vanity. I choose victory. I refuse riches. I choose rewards. I refuse busyness. I choose blessing. I refuse to be a victim. I choose to be a victor. I refuse to be a sinner. I choose, hallelujah, to be an overcomer. I choose to get up every day and say no to the devil and yes to God. I get up every day and think up in my mind, I found a better life. I found a better reward. I found a better inheritance. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Jesus. The writer of Hebrews goes on to say, What shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Hey, Gideon, (laughs) the writer of Hebrews, I don't know who, some people say it's Paul, some people say it's Apollos, I don't know who it is, but the writer of Hebrews just said, I don't don't have time and space to go through all these. So if you'll allow me, I'd like to pick up and tell you a little bit more about these people he didn't have time to tell you about. Hey, Gideon. The angel says, you are a mighty man of valor. Gideon said, you got the wrong guy because I'm the least of the least. I'm a poor farmer from a poor family and a poor tribe, and you got your GPS coordinates mixed up. I'm not your guy. (laughs) But God calls you based on what's going to happen. Good God Almighty. You're a mighty man of valor. You know why? Because you're going to bring victory. I don't see it. Well, just say no to your insecurities and your fears. Angel said, no, I don't have the wrong guy. You're the guy. So Gideon has to refuse the temptation of low self-esteem so he can subdue kingdoms. Hey, Gideon, where are you going with those 32,000 men? Well, we're going to fight the Midianites. Isn't that what you wanted us to do? Yeah, but you got too many people. What do you mean? They've got people we can't even number them. Yeah, but 32,000, eh. It's too many guys. You need to say no to... 31,700 of them. 
Tell them all to go home. Now you're down to 300? Yes. Now I'm on a suicide mission. <laughs> you see, some things God's pulling out of your life because you won't say no to it. So he has to just extract it from you. Because God can say no. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, God, if you really don't. No. Because I got something better for you. God, you're taking this out of my life. I used to have a new car. I used to have a new home. I don't know what's going on. Nope. You got too much stuff. Got you all tied up. You're spending all your day trying to figure out how to get more stuff. I'm going to just take it all out of your life so you can realize I got a better reward for you. Come on, somebody got to say no to some stuff. Woo, hallelujah. You got too many men. You're going to find a way to take credit for the victory. So I'm going to take 31,700 amount there. Now you got 300. Now it's time. Now you're going to subdue kingdoms. Now it's time to take new territories. I can hear Daniel telling old King Nebuchadnezzar, I'm a Hebrew. I can't eat the meals offered to idols. So for that reason, I'm out. Say what now, Daniel? I can hear some of the other. What? We are Hebrew slaves. And we are only here by the king's mercy. This is not very smart of you to upset the guy who holds our life in the balance. I don't know what to tell you, boys. We're Hebrews. We don't eat meat offered to idols. We don't do it. It's against our religion. I refuse. But I tell you what I do, king. You let us eat what we eat and you feed all your other boys all that other stuff and at the end we'll have our own little mini Olympics and you can quiz us and bring all your Mensa guys out here and give us puzzles and see who's the smartest who's the fastest who's the strongest I'm going to do it my way you do it your way and let's see what happens at the end good God almighty what would happen with some apostolics that said hey devil guess what I'm going to serve God according to biblical principles But no, we don't want to do that. We want to have balance in our lives. But you heard that lady say, that's code when you say you need a CEO. That's code where you don't want to work it no more. Let me tell you what I want balance is code for. I don't want to be totally committed to biblical principles. Or here's another one I hear people say. Here's code too. I have a life. Let me tell you something. You don't have a life if it wasn't for God. He's the one that gave you life. And if he wants to take it, your next breath will evade you. You got a life? You got a life because of God. He's the one that saved you. He's the one that kept you. He's the one that protected you. Good God Almighty. You want power with God? You got to say no to the devil. Daniel, because you refuse the king's meat, you will enjoy the company of lions that cannot open their mouths in your presence. Ladies and gentlemen, do you want power over the enemy? The Bible says Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
You've got to have to say no to the king's meat. You've got to say no to the philosophy of this world. And then God will give you power. So when the enemy wants to come and devour you and your family, God said, "Uh uh-uh. You can't open your mouth. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the writer of Hebrews in 11. He said he closed lions' mouths. Why? Because they refused. We want the power of God without sacrifice. We want the blessing of God without commitment. What's happening is that we are not saying no to anything this world offers. And it's created powerless Christians in the 21st century that have no power and no authority with God because you refuse to say no to the appetites of your own flesh. I'm preaching to you the gospel of Jesus Christ today. I'm not preaching to tickle your ears. I believe that God wants to raise a church who has power over everything the world would throw you. David marches out in the valley of Elon, yells at lousy Canada, a 10-foot tall giant called Goliath. You can't defy the armies of the living God. I refuse to play your game of intimidation. Fear is not my master. And for that reason, I'm out. I'm coming out of the tents of fear where all my brothers have got their knees knocking in fear. And I'm calling you out to say this. You can't defy the armies of the living God. You have picked a battle, Goliath, that you cannot win. Not because of me but because of who I represent. And David, because you said no to Goliath, you are a promise obtainer. And you will, all the days of your life, escape the edge of the sword. Because Hebrews continues in verse 34, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness, were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Three Hebrew children will tell you when they told them to bow down to that image of the king. They said, we only bow to the one true living God. We're out. And they played music to try to get all the masses to harmonize together. What they're still trying to do with music. Everybody will bow down. We'll play great music. Everybody will just follow the crowd. But not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood there. Thousands of people have bowing down. What y'all doing? We can't bow. We can't bow. I'm out. I can't bow down to the image of a king. And they gather them up and they throw them in a burning fiery furnace and they heat it up ten times hotter than it's ever been before. People throwing them into the fire die of heat. But when the old king looks down there and he looks at the three Hebrew children, he says, didn't we throw three in the fire? That's the most vicious fire we've ever had. And it doesn't look like it's consuming them. In fact, it looks like there's four in the fire. And the fourth one is like under the son of man. 
And when they pulled them out, the hairs on their arms were not even burned. They didn't even smell like smoke. They quenched the violence of fire. Why? Because they said, I'm out. Because you said no, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to the fiery, to the bowing down of worship to a false idol, and you stayed true to your convictions, the fire had no power over you. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you know God will walk through you through, with, with you through the fiery trials of life? Samson, because you said no to dying in defeat, you will declare righteousness in your death. Out of weakness, you were made strong. As Samson bows his head and puts his arms up against those pillars, prays that simple prayer, I'm out. Pushes those columns. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance. Saying no to deliverance. As they burned John Huss to the stake with fire lapping around his bones. In the square of Prague, Czech Republic, it's still there. You can go and see it. There's a monument to him. John, if you just recant, say you don't believe in Christ, we'll turn off the flames. And history records that John sang praises unto God. As the fire consumed his body. Not accepting deliverance. This is the heritage that we have, ladies and gentlemen. People that knew the power of refusal. Who just say you don't believe in God. We can make everything good for you. Others had trial of cruel cruel mockings and scourgings. That's beatings, yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. Hey, Paul and Silas, you've been beaten and you've been put in prison with chains around your hands and your feet are in stocks. Yes, that's true. But we rejoice that we are counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. We refuse to feel sorry for ourselves. And for that reason, I'm out. And as they sing praises unto God. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, the enemy throws everything he's got at you. You've got to just break out in song. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And the Bible says around midnight as they sang in that prison. You can read about it in Acts 16. As they sang in that prison in Philippi. Guess what happened? There was a great earthquake. So that God broke up the foundations of the prison. You see, ladies and gentlemen, your focus is on the bars and the walls and the guards. But God says, I can break up the foundations. I can change the root causes that cause you to keep going back to sin. I can take the desire of it out of your mouth. I can break up the foundation so that no longer can it hold you, but it can't hold anybody else coming after you. Dear God Almighty, that's the kind of God that we serve. 
I found a better deliverance. <laughs> That's why they wouldn't accept their deliverance. Because they said, if we accept your deliverance, we're still going to die. But if we refuse your deliverance this very day, we're going to be in paradise. And we're going to live forever and ever with you. And for that reason, we're out. They were stoned and sawed asunder, were tempted were slain with the sword. Saul the sunder. Yeah, they put them in logs and they cut them in half. They wandered around in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. And then the writer of Hebrews, whoever he is, he adds this in parentheses, and I love it, of whom the world was not worthy. I just want to stop and just add a little commentary, he said right here. I just want to say this about these people. The world wasn't even worthy of them. The world wasn't even worthy. Mm. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. All these, everybody say all. all. Having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They said no to instant gratification so they could say yes to long-term <coughs> salvation. They received not the reward of instant deliverance. No, they didn't receive that because they said no. But they did obtain a good report through faith. Verse 40, God having provided some better thing for us. They found something better. That was it. He said no to what everybody else would choose because they saw something saw him that was invisible for that reason we're out let's stand together this morning what would happen if all of us everybody in this building today would be unified in this one single position we have found a better thing we have found a greater joy we have found a higher calling. Is there anybody in this place that will join me in saying I refuse to live for God halfway? I'm saying no to the world so that I can say yes to God. Why don't you make your way down to the front of this building right now? Come on, I want you to vote with your feet this morning. I'm out. I'm coming out of this pew. I'm coming out of the land of mediocrity. I'm coming out of a place of going through the motions. I feel God calling me. I feel God saying, I got something greater for you. Come on, the enemy wants to keep on destroying lives. But for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Gone are the days of lackluster, run-of-the-mill Christianity. Gone are the days of living for God. Halfway. I'm selling out right now. I'm giving it everything I've got. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, would you lift your hands and would you lift your voices? Would you say no to this world? Say no to your own flesh. God, here I am. I stand before you today. 
I commit everything unto you, Lord. That's it, that's it. Come on, I'm not going to live any longer with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. i got to make up my mind. I'm selling out today. I'm giving it everything. Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 